Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliummontessori.org for more information. I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Montessori Talks, where we talk about all things related to the Montessori elementary environment and also other topics related to Montessori education in general. And today's topic, we are going to be talking about the case for giving fewer lessons. So one of the unique challenges of being a Montessori guide is deciding how many lessons to present on any given day. What is the ideal number? Is it four? Is it seven? Maybe is it 10? And what constitutes a lesson to be included in this number? And what about how many lessons each child should receive? Is there a magic number or a sweet spot for that? In teacher training, we learn that there isn't a prescribed number of lessons we're expected to present. And for the person who is hoping for a recipe or formula, the lack of explicit direction on this can be quite unsettling at times. However, there are numerous reasons for there not being a specified number. First of all, teachers have their own pacing and style. And while some teachers move quickly through lessons, others take a bit more time. And in addition, in order to facilitate a prepared environment that is responsive to the needs and interests of all students, there will be days when more lessons are needed and other days that call for fewer lessons. Sometimes you will deliver more lessons if it's the beginning of the school year, for example. The children might not know what to do. They might not have enough lessons under their belt, and you're going to want to be a lesson machine. Maybe you will have a classroom filled with brand new students. And again, this is when a situation where they don't have a lot to draw upon in terms of working independently. So you might be giving a lot of lessons when you have a brand new classroom with new students. 
if the classroom is not yet normalized, this could be the beginning of the year and it could be a class of new students, but maybe it's an especially tough class and it is taking a while and you're realizing that they are just needing a little more lesson time. If you have an especially large class, you also might be giving more lessons because obviously if you have 35 students in your classroom, you're going to be delivering more lessons than if you have a class of 12. You have a lot of children requesting lessons from you. And that can be children who are very excited about new lessons. And maybe you've been sparking their interest or they've been watching you deliver lessons to other students and they want to have those lessons too. So I know personally, sometimes I would have little flurries of lesson requests throughout the year where the students would get very excited about something and you'd want to capitalize on that. Also, you might want to be delivering more lessons if your observation and reflection practices reveal that the class is functioning optimally with more lessons. So as your teaching uh, goes, you will be observing regularly. And then what you're observing, you might notice that, you know, they seem to do well when they are receiving more lessons. And as you're giving the lessons, you're like, okay, this, this is working for this class to have a few more lessons than maybe classes in years prior. As teachers, our mental models are constructed around the idea that we should be doing more. The education system, particularly for the elementary years and beyond, has been centered around performance-based metrics, and this goes for both students and teachers. In our quest for high-quality, high-fidelity environments where we offer the ideal, we can fall into the mindset that more is often equated with better. But that isn't often the case. If a metric indicates that a student isn't performing well, the solution has often been to give more. More lessons, more assessments, more oversight, more accountability, more one-on-one support. We've been operating under the assumption that if we want more, more student achievement and more completed products, we need to do more. While holding the notion of more equals better, many have failed to consider the idea that sometimes the solution might involve giving less. When a conscious effort is made towards delivering fewer presentations throughout the day, it opens the door for other things to emerge. After all, the saying goes, nature abhors a vacuum. Empty and unfilled spaces give rise to new opportunities. For example, When teachers give fewer lessons, they will have more time to observe their classroom. Observation offers valuable information and can help identify who needs what kinds of presentations based on the interests and capabilities that you observe in your students. In your observation, you may notice a child you are planning to invite to a math lesson has already mastered the concept by learning from another student and that child has progressed further with a material or skill than you were aware of. Time is precious, and we want to minimize the time that we waste giving a child a presentation on information or skills that they have mastered. Conversely, we also want to minimize the time we waste preparing to deliver a lesson to a child or group of children who are not yet ready for it. 
observation helps you hone in on who needs what and helps you customize and personalize the lessons you give. In order to do this, teachers should be dedicating time to observe their classroom for at least 10 minutes a day, and that is a minimum. Finding times for longer chunks of observation will go a long way in supporting teacher planning and instruction. If you give fewer lessons, you can make space for this valuable observation time, which helps you inform your future planning. So let's talk a little bit about quality over quantity. When teachers give fewer lessons, they are able to dedicate time to giving quality lessons. Especially for new teachers, keeping 10 to 12 lessons at the forefront of your mind and ready to deliver each day can be overwhelming. This can in turn lead to discouragement and a general lack of motivation. It's hard to feel successful with an overwhelming to-do list and a long list of undelivered lessons is no different. Focusing on fewer presentations will boost your confidence and also allow you to take more time with each of your small groups without feeling rushed. The extra time gives you the opportunity to sit with your students a bit longer and help them get started with their follow-up work or offer them some guided practice time where they can sit and work with the materials with your immediate support so that by the time they leave you, they will be confident in knowing how to use a material or do a skill independently. Another thing to think about or maybe to consider that unscheduled lessons count. Another case for giving fewer lessons is that you are likely giving more lessons than you realize. Throughout the day, you are giving numerous impromptu, spontaneous lessons that you might not be aware of because they feel more like a conversation or an answer to a question. While you might have six lessons planned on a day, you may give an unscheduled mini lesson on letter formation or using a semicolon or quickly reteaching a lesson on how to turn an improper fraction into a mixed number after a long break. These lessons are born from organic needs that arise during the work cycle, and they are an essential component of the day. These mini lessons are a part of cosmic education as well. You will have many students who need material presented to them more than once, and reteaching a previously demonstrated lesson counts as a lesson. It's important to look at your planning tool and review the lessons you've given. If you see that every single lesson is a new one, you might want to consider which students can benefit from a repeated lesson in order to master a piece of content, a concept, or a skill and include repeat lessons into your planning. If you have too many scheduled lessons, then you aren't leaving room for giving some on-the-spot and very much needed mini lessons or review lessons that often help children continue on with their independent work. If you have a line of students waiting to talk to you, it could be a sign that you need to lighten your lesson load and find some moments to observe, circulate, and be available. Furthermore, don't forget all of the social and emotional lessons you give to your students on a daily basis. 
Montessori education is about cosmic education. And when we give children cosmic education, we are giving them the universe. So when we consider the lessons to give during a day, our plans should include lessons such as navigating conflicts with peers, how to collaborate in a group work project, how to use I statements when expressing one's thoughts and emotions, how to give a compliment, how to introduce yourself to a new person, how to make a phone call to set up a going out. These social and emotional lessons are comprised of valuable information that supports the classroom community in developing independence and communication skills. When considering the impact of fewer lessons on students, there are numerous positive outcomes that result in operating from the assumption that less is more. When students have fewer scheduled lessons to attend, this gives them the opportunity to focus more of their time and attention on follow-up work and independently chosen work. This allows them to dive more deeply into their work than if they are expecting to be interrupted for several lessons a day. Longer lengths of uninterrupted time in students becoming laser-focused on work that is often very meaningful to them. And if we subscribe to the notion that children construct themselves through meaningful work, then we need to extend the time, the space, and the opportunity to do so. Because of this, delivering one or maybe two lessons for each child per day is ideal so that they have time to practice work from other lessons they've received and to spend quality time developing products that they are proud of that result from their various follow-up work and passion projects. So how many planned lessons should we expect to give? Well, there's no prescribed number. A range as wide as four to 10 lessons a day can be the norm. Personally, I have found the sweet spot to be around six or seven lessons a day. Four in the morning and two to three in the afternoon worked really well for me. And that also include literature circles, PE classes, art classes, music, and et cetera. Those counted in my afternoon lesson set. Don't get stuck on thinking of math, language, history, and science as the real lessons and discount topics such as art, music, or practical life. The idea is not to get to the point where you are giving one or two lessons a day, although there might be some days when that is the case. Maybe the entire class is deeply focused on their work and calling anyone for a lesson would disrupt a magical moment. Maybe you are conferencing with students on Fridays and won't be giving formal presentations on that day. The amount of lessons we give is also in some ways influenced by the structure of the school day. Some schools have afternoon specials a couple of days a week, which would mean that the lessons given on those days would be fewer. Resist the idea of trying to cram six lessons into a morning because you want to ensure that you cover everything in your plan because maybe you have something planned for the afternoon that doesn't involve lesson time or maybe that's specials or there is a special visitor coming in in the afternoon to talk about something. Remember that your plans are not set in stone and that you can be responsive and adjust according to the needs of the moment and the variables in place. 
there are certain variables that could come into play that might give rise to a no lesson day. However, for your average typical day, a lighter schedule might be three to four lessons and a heavier schedule might be around nine or 10 lessons. If you have a class of eight students, the number of lessons you present will likely be less than if you have a class of 30 students. Although again, that might not always be the case because maybe that class of eight students is a brand new class and they are having a very hard time navigating their independent work time. And for a little while, you might need to give them a few more lessons. So some final thoughts. The variety of variables and possibilities to consider is why an exact number of lessons can't be given. As with questions that come up in regard to a responsive Montessori environment filled with organic, spontaneous activity, the answer is it depends. You as the guide will have your own rhythm and flow and strike a balance between offering presentations and protecting long blocks of time for students to engage deeply in the work that matters to them. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Montessori Talks, and I look forward to having you join us again in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to trulliammontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.